Vibe with me. We are the aunties. We are the aunties. <laughs> Hi, welcome to your aunties. Chade, every time you're so unimpressed, I swear to God, one day my tune is going to rock your world. Welcome, welcome to your aunties could never. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Aunt Farah. That's you it. Sugar pie. Then that means you muted me. Not you, Auntie Nana. Oh, we can't hear you anymore. You've gone. Oh, oh, no. Technical issues. We can't take it. I don't know. Auntie uh, well, Shadi's here as well. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we have a. We are the aunties. We are the aunties. What you going to say? You were saying something just beforehand. Um. Oh, I was saying. What was I going to say? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I no, I can't. Now it's on there. <laughs> you're going to talk about it, but it's just funny. Okay, okay. I, was, I was predicting reactions to what you're going to say soon. Um, yes. We are the aunt, can't hear you now. Auntie Nana, you were talking when well fine before. Hi, everybody listening and watching. How are you? This is episode um, 63. It's quite a big number, isn't it? Yes. It's getting on, you know? Yes. How are you guys? We get our freedom pass soon. <laughs> you know what? That should be a freedom to all subscriptions. <laughs> That's what it should be. A freedom to all subscriptions. Back on now? Yay! Well, there we go. Do it again. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and, and we are the aunties. We are the aunties. Uh, 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 uh. See? See? That's why I need my Cody. That's why I need it. It's all right. And then you look go left. Oh, I thought that sounded good. You even added a uh, uh. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, Auntie Farah. So we're going to start with a game. We're going to start with a game. start with a game. And this week's game is snog, marry, avoid. Oh, I still got my earpiece in. However... It's a different type of snog, marry, avoid, because I'm going to give you options for each one. And out of those options, you have to pick one. Okay? Bear with me. <laughs> right. So, who would you marry out of DJ Khaled, Fat Man Scoop, and DJ Mustard? No, say the you go first. No, 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 yeah. Say the options again. DJ Khaled. Yeah. Fat Man Scoop. DJ Mustard. Oh, Khaled, Khaled, man. I would. And why? Why? Because. <laughs> even though, even though he he would be, his positivity is actually irritating. Even though, but he, his collaborations and his albums and his tracks are second to none. His 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 circle is amazing, and I would love I would love to be in that circle. So yeah, Khalid is um yeah, and he's and he likes to spend money. So and I like that too. So yeah, yeah DJ Khalid. I don't think uh, for one, I don't know who the hell DJ Mustard is. Um, <laughs> Fat Man Scoop, no. But uh, and uh, who was the other one? Um, DJ Khalid, Fat Man Scoop, and DJ Mustard. 
Okay, yeah, no, it's definitely it's DJ Khaled. But I love his positivity. And loads of people that like work with him say it's really infectious and he's always on. So yeah, I I'm I I would I would marry him. He seems like a good husband and a good father. That's true. I can't argue. It's DJ Khaled all the way for all the reasons said. The only issue <laughs> is what came out in the news that he said that he doesn't um partake in fellatio. He's lying though. Guys lie. He's fully lying. They all do it. Also, um for me. I would pick DJ Khaled, but my reservations would be that every time you have sex with him and he busts a nut, you'd be like, another one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That is out of order. We did that. Did you imagine? <laughs> that's what he did. Oh my God. Okay, right. Next. Uh, so you have to snog one, right? Mm. Adam Sandler, David Spade, Will Ferrell. So David Spade's that little blonde man. Oh my god, Adam Sandler all the way because he was Schmitty in the Cosby Show, and he he was like a bit cute in the Cosby Show. He was Theo's friend, and he wasn't bad in the Cosby Show. So Adam Sandler, thanks, and he's dumb, silly, and his he does silly acting, and I think he'd make me laugh. So I wouldn't mind if I'm going to do that. I'm going to only him. Okay, I'll shut it. Oh, I just I just googled David Spade. No. Um, Will Will Farrell, I think, yeah, Farrell, yeah, because I think he's hilarious, man. I think he's absolutely. I think he's really funny. I love him in um, Elf as well, kind of thing. I think it would just be jokes. I don't think it'll be serious. So it'll just be like, you know, do you know what I mean? We could do air kisses even, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think him. So Adam Sandler, David Spade, Will Farrell. So can I just pause a minute? Sade, it wasn't air kisses, it said snog. Don't try it. We're talking about <laughs> fully fledged tongue down. I don't even take it seriously. <laughs> it's still it's still tongue down your throat. But yeah, out of them is still him. Yeah. Okay. Auntie Nana. Okay, I had to Google all of them because <laughs> they be white men and I don't know who they are. Um, no, none of them. No, I know their faces now that I Googled all of them, but yeah. I don't know their names. Okay, um, okay. I would say Will Farrell. he had that film with, um, uh, what's it called again? The Little Funny Man, Kevin Hart. That, oh my God, Get Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I oh like that God, film. I found that quite funny. So uh, I would I would go for him. Okay, I, I would go for Will Ferrell too. Originally, I was like Adam Sandler, but then I thought, mm, no, because we're talking full-fledged tongue. And as you said, I, I feel like at least Will would kind of have me in stitches beforehand and be like, right, we're just going to do it. And we'll just go and it'd be fun and we'd get drunk before or something. Yeah, say him, definitely. But um, um, so you lot think Will Ferrell's better looking than Adam Sandler? No, I do. They're both the same. But there's that. <laughs> I mean, there's not much in it. <laughs> I think I can see Will Ferrell with like a black woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, I it's, it's the Caucasian Afro. That's why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Um, you have to avoid one. You've got the chance to meet them all, and you you have to avoid one of them. Right? Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. 
Oh, for me, it's going to be Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Eddie yeah. Because I really, really like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. I like mm. them more than Eddie. Even though Eddie's, you, do you know what I mean? But, Eddie's yeah. Cool. Yeah. And 2021 Eddie is not the same Eddie like when I was a kid. So yeah. I, I can bypass that old man. I don't need to meet him at all. To be fair, yeah, it's Eddie. Because especially for coming to America too. Yeah, yeah. true. For your crimes. Yeah, I, it pains me to say that. It really does because I'm, I'm such a huge like 80s to early 90s Eddie fan, you know. I can recite raw from start to finish. So it pains me to say that, but if I had to choose, I feel like I'd have more to say. Dave Chappelle, all the way, I've got to meet him. And I feel like I'd have more to say to Chris Rock now as well than Eddie. Like, I've got that, like, yeah. I feel like I would just cuss him about coming to America too and just ask him why. The only thing about Chris Rock, though, is that, you know, the, 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 they say that he's not as engaging, he's a bit off. So that might be a problem. Eddie mm. might be more engaging, but. So maybe Chris Rock, but I'll say Eddie to be on the safe side, but maybe Chris Rock. Mm. Okay. So you might meet Dave Chappelle, because you can only pick two. You're you're doing the most now. You can no pick you, I mean, you, you have to avoid one. So you I, can, said, I, said, I said that it would be Eddie. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, I said. I said but I, I'm thinking that possibly mm, Chris Rock, because I've heard that he's not necessarily Chris Rocky. Oh, pick one. You have to pick one. No I, maybes. Okay. Eddie, 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 Eddie. Okay. Auntie Shade, who are you welcome to the family? Right. So it should come as no surprise, guys. Um, I think it's only right that we welcome the original champagne puppy into the family. Yes, I can see some people, you know. On the <laughs> within our group, no, I'm from the audience probably rolling their eyes, tutting, you know, heavy sighing, but it's okay. Drake, I'm welcoming him to the family. He's just been awarded um, Artist of the Decade by Billboard Music Awards. Um, yeah, and I think like I've really enjoyed his music over these last ten years, and I think he deserves it. Um, yeah, that's that's it really. I I, I quite like. A little bit of Drake, so this yes. is interesting because Drake makes an appearance at the end of the show as well. What does he? <laughs> Drake is is he um an uncle or a brother? Brother, right? Only our age. Drake's young. Oh, he's up in his early thirties. Oh, okay. What, what do we have him? Brother, welcome to the brother. Brother, yeah. you. He's a brother. Okay, welcoming Drake. The distant okay. brother. Yeah. You know what, Jake's a party man. Jake wants to- I, 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 I think I would like Drake if I'm in the family. I like him as a person. Yeah. I think he's cool. Yeah. I think he's talented. I do believe all of that. But I just feel like he's overrated. I, I think, I, you know, he's super talented, definitely, but he's overrated. I'm just saying. And that's my only issue. I'm just saying that it's welcome to the family. I didn't know. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know you normally don't need to debate, innit? <laughs> Everything. What you were getting into when you said what you said, and that's why I laughed at the beginning when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> um, "Everything's up to debate for debate with the aunties." Okay, so what have you heard? This is where we get to pick a new story from the past week and discuss it. And so I'm going. Oh, I swear I didn't put myself first, Auntie AK. What have I heard? Well, do you know what I heard? That France hosted a summit about the economic cost of the pandemic and ha- um, towards Africa, and they. I, 
I, I don't even, do I have a, a question? I don't even know if I have a question. But all I know is that I was annoyed that France, President Macron, held, held the summit to discuss how to help Africa during their, um, in their, their and the economy post-pandemic. Um, I'm trying to find a few facts from the article. So basically, African leaders were gathered in France and Macron's trying to um, sort it all out. Spoke the IMF head, the International Monetary Fund chief, Kristalina Georgieva, said it was time to stem the dangerous divergence between advanced economies and developing countries, especially especially in Africa. Georgieva um, said that the African, African continent's economic output would increase only by 3.2% in 2021, compared with 6% in the, in, in the rest of the world. And they said stuff like they're going to pause the, 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 um, the, the debt, they're going to work out, pause the debt scheme, but yet Africa still has to pay back debt to lots of countries that colonise them. This is the problem. This is the biggest problem for me. The reason why Africa is destabilised in some countries is because of the world debt and because they were raped and pillaged. So this kind of summit, I think it's a slap in the face. And I'm really angry with every African leader that turned up. However, maybe I'm being, you know, naive and business is business and you've got to have your allies and stuff like that. So I just wanted to know, what do you think? Um, hold on one second, I want to add. Macron said that France had decided to redirect its SDRs. Now, SDRs, what is an SDR, you ask? Special drawing rights are supplementary foreign exchange reserve assets defined and maintained by the International Monetary Fund. SDRs are units of account for the IMF and not a currency per se. They represent a claim to currency held by IMF member countries for which they may be exchanged. So that just screams to me, fake money, to me. Anyway, I don't know about you guys. Um, but Macron said that France had decided to redirect its fake money slash SDRs and that there had been a quarter trying to get rich nations by October to reallocate 100 billion to Africa, which is pittance. Um, and that's it. So, I mean, there's lots of other things you can find in the article. But, yeah, I just want to know what you guys thought, whether it was appropriate. I, I, I was irritated by just seeing it. Um, what do you guys think? Auntie Nana. Um, yeah, I, I was reading through, like, the articles that you put in our in our docket. And um, it. I was disgusted that... <laughs> that the leaders were going... Like, you know, you're just like, what's it going to take for a real kind of African alliance where you're going to be like, we are not jumping to these colonizers tunes. Like really, really everybody comes together and you just shut down the continent. I don't know if I ever see it in my lifetime, but the fact that they hopped on a plane and it's just, it, oh, it was, it hurts more than anything. I think that was the thing actually reading that. I'm like, this is, absolutely ridiculous when you think of all that has been done to Africans and is continuously being done to Africans on African soil and you're going to put any faith or trust in any other power to come up to, for solutions for Africa that doesn't make any sense it's always going to be in their interest they're always going to be using these moments to make money from you and t take your resources like Oh, yeah, it was it, it was annoying, but it's interesting to read. So I definitely think that anybody who is interested, go through the articles that are out there and just look at the state of play, the way the world is. Because what was also interesting, I, I've got a sense of real fear that 
if things don't kind of shift in a certain direction, the West is kind of going to be in trouble. That's what I was reading. So it seemed like there was a repositioning of trying to get more power because the West is in trouble. So again, it's like, just keep an eye on these kind of the shifting dynamics and see how you can um, not get trampled over in the in the wake of a shift taking place. Antifara. Okay, so I was looking for the figure because you know I like to say um, facts. Um, so across the continent of Africa, there have been 130,000 dead across the entire continent. Now we know what the death rate is in this country alone, what it is in America, what it is in various other um, EU countries. We know what that is and we know it's substantially more than this across a continent, okay? So how dare they say they're going to come to the rescue of the black man? We don't need you. You don't need to invest in your shit on your, on your doorstep because clearly you didn't do something that they did over there, right? Secondly, if you want to help bridge the financial gap, cancel the debt. Don't pause it, cancel it. And that goes for the, that goes for the, in the Caribbean as well, because it's the same thing. In the Caribbean, in all black countries that we are still paying off money from freedom, we're still doing that. Cancel the debt, and I'm sure that you'll see that the economic disparity between us will shrink. You will see that. That's what you need to do. These people that have gone, these leaders that have gone, true, listen, just know that they've been forced to go. Just know that their hand is forced in certain ways and they're playing a game that we're not privy to. They have to do certain things, don't they? But it's just disgusting. And it is like you said, Auntie Anna, something's up. They're trying to come to our rescue again. Let's give you this money. Let's do this. Let's bail you out in inverted commas. They're pausing the debt. Does this money add to that? Any money that they're going to give, does that add to the debt? Is it free? Do they have to pay it off? If it's free, is that not reparations? There's no word of that. So it's not free. So that means they have to pay it back. Therefore, it's not needed. Crack on with what you're doing here. Maybe give some money to or give the patent to the to the Indian so that they can stop the um the rate of COVID in though in that country. Maybe do that. Concentrate there. Yeah? Let, stay away from Africa. Just back off now. Back the fuck off. That's what I've got to say. Auntie Shadow. Yeah, all of that. Um, 100% cancel the debt. That's, it's just too long now that we're even still talking about it in 2021. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I, I hope, I mean, I hope that what is happening is um, kind of like undercover moves. That's what I hope. I hope that these leaders are going there and telling them what they want to hear and stuff. And that these countries, they're going to need, they're going to need us. <laughs> they're going to need us. And we're going to go, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what I hope. That's what I hope happens, to be honest. That's the only way I feel we can get like some true justice. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's, that's what I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I think it's just such a complicated, long game that these Western countries that have been playing, do you know what I mean, for all these years. But I just, I think they underestimate Africa so much. And I think if they're, you know, if they're not smart, they're going to be in a, a hell of a lot of trouble, man. Seriously. So if you honestly think that you're not going to 
reap the karma for this 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 oppression. You, you're, you're mistaken, man. Seriously. So hopefully, I know you say auntie, no, no, I know you say man, not in our lifetime, but hopefully, maybe. You know, we didn't. I don't think we thought that we was going to see a black president in our lifetime for the US, and we did. Do you know what I mean? So who knows? Who knows? Let's let's keep open-minded and optimistic that uh, we'll see some repercussions of this. I hope so. I mean, I'm very, very sceptical because I saw in the the rabbit hole that I went down when I saw this, I saw, you know, people commenting and then some people on the continent are like, this is embarrassing. Why do our leaders always do that? And um, for example, and then there's also these other things like, uh, let me find, oops, sorry. Um, there was a leader, I'm trying to think which leader it was, that African leader that went abroad to get cured, for, um, to get help, um, uh, medical help. And that's a common, a common theme where, our leaders will leave the continent to go to Western countries to get medical assistance when it's like, why the hell aren't you sorting out the medical? You know, there's little fundamental things that are not getting done in our own home countries on the continent that keeps us dependent or looking like we need a handout and we need support. It's just, it's, I understand when people are saying that's embarrassing. But another thing that I thought was looking at as well in regards to the debt, so I saw an article that said in 2020, Africa, the continent, was said to be at 40, 417 trillion whatever, dollar or pounds in debt. However, America as a country is 28 trillion in debt. Africa has 54 countries. 417 divided by 54 is 7.7. So to be honest, it's not Africa that needs help because Africa's debt isn't Africa's fault. Let's have a summit about America's debt because you know what? America needs help because they're 20 was it 27 trillion, 28 trillion in debt? So we need to help America. They need help. They really need a problem. But I also felt the suspicion as well that why now is this attention on uh, Africa in this way, in this summit? And then there's another summit in October, uh, the general, and then again, the IMF is involved about pulling together African countries and to make sure they're stable. It's like, why are we always tra- like, felt treated like children that need to be looked after? Why can't you leave us alone? Because actually, if, if to say we're savages and wild beasts, let us be wild beasts, let us eat each other, innit? What's it got to do with you in the West? Let us sit there in our loincloths and our spears and stab each other and... Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> but it's not that, though, is it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, because they know. It's, it's China. That's what they're scared of. They're scared of China. They're scared of Russia. Um, get into the resources before they can at the end of the day. And like, yeah. let's, I know, I know sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it's embarrassing, but shouldn't the UK also be embarrassed? Can they even, can they even grow a, a simple nurse? They can't, they can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Shouldn't they be embarrassed? No, it's true. It's true. It's true. We can't, it's true. Every nurse is from somewhere else. It's true. It's true. It's true. In context. But we do have a problem with, like, I guess, I say we, I'm not there, but it's something that's common knowledge that our leaders travel for medical care. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. You, that, but that's the thing. It's exposing all the lack of resources that this, these Western countries have and it's um, covered as benevolence. I, I hate it. I hate it. And this this whole thing, I hate. And Macron, melt. <laughs> Although even in saying that, it's it's ours. This is how I see most of the world's resources. I firmly believe belongs to Africans. It's ours. So if I if I travel from Africa and I go to Switzerland to get uh, any type of help or whatever, you're probably reaping. Your country is built up 
on my resources. So I should be able to go over there and use it. The problem is that I'm still being used as the battery to power you guys. And you're trying to make out like I'm not the battery and I'm the sludge on the floor that needs help with. And it's actually like, no, we are the engine that keeps this going. And you're just trying to hide this and be like, oh no, no, you, you you need our help. No, you need our help. And then you're also not just asking for help, you're demanding it and then raping and you're doing everything you can. Have money do. debt on top. <laughs> exactly. And demanding that you get paid. So you're stealing and demanding that you get paid. Like, what type of shit is that? And when are we, I'm talking to myself as well, going to rise up and be like, this, is, this, this isn't okay. Like, yeah. literally, no, uh, you've had this. You've had this for like 600 years. It's domestic violence, isn't it? It really is. To, to, to the brutality of brutals, like literally, like it, it's it's absolutely psychopathic, and you would think that there would be something in somebody's heart if they had a heart to be like, "No, nah, we can't do this anymore." They probably like, are. still no. They're planning to double down and yeah. make us think that this is like things are changing. This whole thing of like giving black people rights or, you know, giving a little bit. So then we get more complacent, like, oh, they're doing us a favor. They absolutely are not. They're just trying to work brain and switch it around so that they can double down on fucking us over. Exactly. Let's get the comments. Okay. So, well, I can do comments today. Oh, no. I'm going to start with out. So, first of all, hi from Nicola. And Ronald and Antoinette. So hi guys, thanks for joining us. Um, so Yappa says uh, all of our resources do indeed come from Africa. Um, it's crazy, and uh, also says that's why they are poor. Um, we are literally robbing them. Exactly. Good evening, everybody. Um, let's move on to Auntie Farah. What have you heard? What have you heard? I heard that I'm trapped in the screen. Hold on. <laughs> Okie dokie. Oh, God. Sorry, bear with me. Technical difficulties. Okay. So my story is about Kevin Spacey and the fact that he is set to return to film with a paedophilia drama. So um, Spacey, he, he still has outstanding cases against him. Um, and despite saying that he hasn't done anything wrong, at least 20 people have come forward and there's pending cases, as I said. Now, my question to you guys is, is it a case of innocent until proven guilty? Or is it a case of he shouldn't be cast in anything at all until all the allegations are cleared? Auntie Shadow. I mean, that I think is, if you apply this to the, a normal workplace, he's suspended without pay right now while they're doing an investigation. He should not be working. Should be working anywhere because you, you do you know what I mean? The investigation is ongoing. Like I think it's very very simple, and it, it just makes me it just makes me cringe that even wh- why would you do that role? Like what's wrong, what's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? I don't know. You know what? This is it's so annoying. Yeah, and obviously, oh, you know, putting aside obviously the the alleged victims and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? But I really like Kevin Spacey, man. I really did. I liked his work. I really did. Do you know what I mean? And it just, uh, it's just awful. It's just really awful. And I think I'm really angry at him as well for that, 
for like don't have that kind of talent and then fuck up like this. It's ridiculous, absolutely annoying. But yeah, um, I don't know what he's. Uh, maybe he's in a downward spiral where he thinks that this is a good idea to do, or he's just lost his actual mind because this is not his agent. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Auntie Nana. Yeah, exactly that. And and in the same way, I really was such a huge fan of Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Like, I would watch all of his films numerous times. So this is hugely disappointing. But definitely, th- this is not the time to be going back to work. And who casted him? Why you was even entertaining this? Like, lots of the allegations took place with work colleagues. So he actually shouldn't be on a set until he's been he's been found innocent. Like, just let the the justice system roll out how it does. And if you have a problem with it, that is the American justice system. It takes too long for things to actually, like, go to trial and stuff and to be sorted out. But, no, he should have been looking after his money, and I'm sure he's doing fine, but he definitely shouldn't be on a set. Other actors and actresses should literally be like, we're not going to work with him until he's found innocent, because he's a danger. He's 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 a predator. He was abusing allegedly abusing his position so he shouldn't be on a set anymore what else can i say I was, when i saw it i was like what the is this guy? it's just reeks of arrogance and everything's alleged sure you it's still ongoing but you just it's as has been said you're you're on leave at the moment you're on leave that's it you're on leave you can't come back to work you shouldn't be you shouldn't be anywhere unfortunately and then you know what wait you surely, I'm sure you've got millions, and, left, and even if you're broke, that's your business. No one told you to spend your money like that. You have been a successful Hollywood level, super A-lister, fantastic actor. With the, you should have stacks in your bank and just chill. If you want to put on monoglot plays for your family, you, you can still hone your craft at home. You don't need to be on set. You don't need to be around in, in that environment. Chill, relax, take a break. No, it's rude and it's arrogant. The guy who... Um, cast him it's called franco nero he was saying like you know i am very happy for kevin to participate in my film i consider him a great actor i can't wait to stay to start the movie so this i don't know what who's got what on whom or this is an old buddy he's just rescuing his friend i don't know what it is it just stinks and it's insensitive and if you but even if you believe he's innocent unfortunately it is what it is he's got something gays and it's not something like and the fact that it's a pedophile role come on you're mocking everybody and even if you're found innocent it's still insulting. I think even that you don't have to play this role. You, there's a bunch of other roles you could take. Why do you have to go into this space? Because it's like, I don't know. It's just, I just think it's just dodgy. It's, it's, I think it's insulting and rude and insensitive. Um, Antifara. Yeah, so the role is um, he's investigating a man who was wrongly accused of sexually abusing children. So that's the role. He's a detective. It's supposed to be a small role, like you said, about what um, the director, Franco Nero, said. He's very happy to have him. Now, Nero's not the only person to um, come out and say stuff. Vanessa Redgrave is also in the film. And I just feel like people should be very, very um, cautious about working with people who have got these accusations. Because, yes, in some cases, it is innocent until proven guilty. But in cases such as these, you should be, as Auntie Sade put it, suspended without pay. Because people's lives could be in danger. It's not just like you said something wrong and while people are looking into that. You've actually been accused of a, a physical crime, you know. Um, and let's just say that, that some of these cases have been dropped. One of the cases, someone actually died. That's why it was dropped. 
um, a couple of people have come out and said that he abused them when they were like, I think, 15. And it went on for a long period of time. This goes back to the 90s, like 19, between 1995 and 2013. I think some people have said that they, they, you know, they've got cases against him. And again, it's just arrogant, the, the role that he's chosen to make a comeback. You could have chose, chosen a small bit part about, you know, a, a, a comedy or anything, but you've gone for this. It's very arrogant. It's almost as like when R. Kelly came out and made that song, I didn't do it, or I touched her, but it wasn't. Whatever the hell that song was about, this reeks of a similar scenario. Absolutely ridiculous. It's, do you know what it's like? It's like, you know, when the, the guy that did it walks with the police and does the hunt, it's like that. It's like, you, and I'm not, again, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, everything's frozen. Can you guys still hear me? Oh. Yeah, I um, um, Yeah, it's like, not again, it's alleged, but it's really like that person that needs to be returned to the scene of the crime kind of thing. I just, it's just so invasive. It's, mur it's murky, mucky, nasty. Should we get the comments? Sure. So um, Nicola says, glad to see you up and about, Auntie Farah. Um, Yaffa says, oh, Kevin Spacey, a pedophilia drama is not the move, bro. And Antoinette says, how is he still allowed to be cast with allegations um, hanging over him? Um, comparing him to Noel Clark, who was cancelled everywhere, he should also be offset until the conclusion of the allegations have, has been made. And goes on to say, white people privilege is in full flow here, full flow. Yeah, man. 100. Okay. Wait, you want me to talk about Sorry, just one thing to add to that. Um, there was a victim, an alleged victim, who said that Spacey made advances to him as young as 14. Spacey issued a statement saying he didn't remember the encounter, but apologised. Oh, come on. Yeah. Do you know, and the thing is, right, you know when people don't think they're wrong, then they will be in a film based on people thinking yeah. they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when they don't think they're wrong, when they can't see a problem with their actions. I just think, like, there is, like, I call it a conspiracy theory if you like, but, like, I think there's this 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 trying to naturalise paedophilia. Yeah. Like, they need to just squash that. And no one's interested in that. No one to needs this film. They don't, we don't need this. To be fair, there was a conversation when this all first came out and it was with a person I knew who is from, it, I don't want to be making generalizing statements, this is from someone who is homosexual from that community. And he said like, there's the whole thing about twinks as they're called, the young guy, the young boys, and, and there's something in it as part of the culture. So in having that conversation with this person, they were like, there's more to explore because of this part of the culture that is normal. Well, um, it's the same for heterosexuals, though, because it, it isn't called paedophilia. It has another name. I always forget what it is, but it's that teenager, that that attraction to teenagers. I was going to say Lolita, but no, it's not Lolita. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that. I guess that would kind of come under a slang term for it. But yeah, it is a Lolita syndrome. It's the same type of thing, that kind of 14, 15... That young kind of teenager look, people go, they they go for them. That's why you have all of the stuff with the um, school uniforms and everything else. So I think there is definitely a brand of male and females, though, because there are a lot of women who do stuff with boys, but because they are socialised different, they don't talk about it in the same way as it's abuse. 
but it definitely is. But there's an attraction to teenagers that is really it's strange because they're not they're not old enough yet, and it really is predatory. It is abuse, but it definitely does have another name. It's not paedophile though. Not fairly legal. I don't know, like, that seems like, that seems like um, but I feel like um, I feel like within the homosexual community, I just think like. Maybe it's normalised because they're men. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. you know, like I don't think that I don't think they they're they're um, well. I'm just generalising from what I know, but I don't think they're allowed to have that kind of innocence. Do you know what I mean? It's not placed on them as as little as it is on little girls. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But they don't get the same kind of treatment there. But it, it's still wrong, and it shouldn't be normalised at all. Obviously. At all. Auntie Sade, what have you heard? Okay, so my story is actually a very sad one. Um, Black Lives Matter activist Sasha Johnson was shot in the head on Sunday, which is uh, insane. I was in the UK. You don't really hear many stories like that um, mm-hmm. in general. Um, basically, current reports are suggesting that Sasha was caught in the crossfire. Um, due to a dispute between rival gangs at a party in Peckham. Um, Sasha is a mother of three, um, is said to be um, in critical condition. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go to her, her and her family. But I wanted to know for, for, from you guys, like, what, what, um, what do you think about this reporting? What should we make of it? Because um, Sasha, uh, Sasha was no... Uh, stranger to kind of like death threats and that sort of thing. Um, do you think the police response has been uh, good in this case kind of thing? Like, what do you think of this? Because from uh, my perspective, I'm just like, well, doesn't this sound like what happens to activists in general, that they get shot and get taken out and that sort of thing? And obviously it's very, very early days, but I just wanted to know you guys' thoughts on that. Aren't you far yeah, um, it's difficult because you're absolutely right. The conspiracy theorist in me is like, they did this, and isn't it typical that they get black people to carry it out for them? That's textbook, isn't it? What they do to activists, it's textbook. Um, but then part of me is like, it could also be that she was caught in the crossfire, unfortunately. But either way, I just think it's tragic. Like you said, she, did she, has she got four children? Did you say? Three or four children? I think three, three children. So it, it's just tragic. I feel like there's not been enough reporting on it. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what to say because I, I don't want to say too much because obviously there's a real life family involved and she's in critical condition and they're still going through things. So sometimes it's more hurtful when people come out and they make all these allegations and they say, well, it's this or it's that. So I don't really want to do that. Um, but I, I would be lying if the sceptic in me isn't like, this is textbook. So. Yeah, same. Like, um, when it was first reported, it was like, there, there wasn't really too much talk on the party in Peckham or anything like that. It was just, she has been shot in the head and she had had, death threats previous so it was really open-ended like this could have been some type of this was in some way connected to her activism and that thought stuck with me and then when the news story came out like it was actually like oh no she was just caught in the crossfire 
of these rival gangs shooting at each other in Peckham. And while we had a shop in Peckham for like three years, there was the odd shooting. But shootouts are so rare in this country. It 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 just it threw me. I was a bit like, nah, my first the first reporting rang a bit more true. And then it did feel like this was a setup. But I, I don't know. I'm I just really hope. I mean, how they haven't really said too much about the state of her critical condition as well. And just I feel like sometimes they give way more details for other people and it seems very hush hush. And so that is also making me feel like there's more to this than is being said. And probability is, is that some low level gangster guys are going to go to prison for this when it probably isn't that. And it's, it's somebody higher up that has done this. I mean, the, the way that they're so, like, especially the conservatives are so against Black Lives Matter. I don't, I don't know this. Yeah. This feels like, you know, eighties with the Panthers and shutting that down in this country. It just really feels like they want to hush this younger generation and their activism and actually hope that this goes away and we seep back into a 90s of like nobody really doing anything or talking about black lives so yeah those are my thoughts um i yeah also lean towards okay what have they done here i i, I would be interested to know what she was on to like I'd heard about her, but not deeply. And I didn't know how powerful, I don't know, and I still don't know how powerful she is. And I, so, and I felt like if I haven't heard of her that much, I've heard, I've, I've seen her, but I hadn't latched on, or her words hadn't, I, she hadn't reached me in a way that, okay, someone to look out for, um, to support or look more into. So I was wondering how powerful is she that she would be a target. So I was interested to know more. Um I thought you aunties might have more information about her and generally whether or not you'd heard about her a lot more. When I looked at the but I still was like, mm, so what what's all this about? And someone that I know was a bit more like because actually no brought to my attention Diane Abbott tweeted and she tweeted as as I've seen a lot of tweets about, you know, talking about Sasha's activism and that she's been targeted and this is what this is the result of her activism and then Diane Abbott got back that's because she tweeted in that vein like you know you shouldn't be shot because of your views and stuff like that and people were like well you don't know the facts and as a minister you shouldn't be um spreading that before you know the facts which I think is a fair because I think we all say that we should be cautious about certain things um but then also it's so easy to turn this into as you guys have said and again it's easy to say gang war is Peckham location it's so easy and when I, I saw the picture of the garden, it was a garden party, so they said, and the the marquee. The way they said it, it was like a drive by of the garden. So how? Because the marquee's there, it's the back of the house. I don't know. It's, and I, I'm again, I'm not a forensic scientist. I don't know nothing. I'm not a policeman, so I don't know. But just if it's a drive by, or was she outside? I don't get it. Where was she? Because they show why you showing an aerial shot of the garden and the marquee that's partially destroyed, and that's implying that it took place in the marquee. From what I thought it was inside, and then something about I don't know. How did the drive-by happen into a back a party in the back garden? Yeah, so, See, conflicting information because there's reports saying that they um, entered the garden. See what I'm saying? So <laughs> this is the thing. And I, I think for this... Uh, I, sorry, I, I was going to say, it's so stereotypical the way that they've written it as well. Like four black men dressed in black clothing. I, I just don't know. I don't know. And the thing is, 
could all well be true. I mean, it's not far-fetched, but at the same time, it's so easily, easily shoved to that. So it's like, it's, it will make it hard to argue if that's a conclusion. And again, if they find four stooges to take the fall, it happens all the time. Um, the only thing that will make me think, really, is how, what was Sasha onto? What was she onto? Was she onto something? Did they see something in her and nip it in the bud? Or that's the only part that makes me feel like, well, what, I, I, who was she? Who is she to the to the establishment? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I do think that sometimes in these kind of, I don't even want to say it like that, but like, obviously it's still early days, and, and do you know what I mean? But it's like these executions, do you know what I mean? That they, they will, they will, it, it doesn't necessarily matter of their position, do you know what I mean? They just make them into a symbol or make them into a kind of like a threat, basically, to say, we can we can get to you, we can take you out, that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And as we've seen, like, you know, we all watch uh, Fred Hampton. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone in the is is not unheard of. It's not, it's not impossible um, at all, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, it's like, either, either way... Either story is kind of like really scaremongering for black people. Do you know what I mean? It just means that we, how are we able to speak out against our, about our issues without there being some sort of backlash or some sort of fear of our own people or other people outside our group? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just it's just insane, and it just made my heart like really heavy, to be honest. I watched a documentary called Summer of Love. Um, it's coming out soon. It's really good. It's about a festival that took place, a black cultural festival that took place in Harlem in 1969. And that was on the, after a year, or 68 or 69, but on the year of Malcolm X, the, the two Kennedys, um, Martin, uh, Martin Luther King, all being assassinated. And that kind of warning that we've got no, there's no leaders, you can't speak up, you get taken out if you do too much. And then the dis, like the disparity afterwards, you know, I think Harlem suffered a, a heroin epidemic and obviously the poverty and things like that. And that, obviously that's America and everything gets heightened because it's in America. But over here, similar things happen. But it's and like, I, you know, I always go back to the fact that we don't have this documentation of our history. And so we can look at the parallels and the repeat where things repeat and how what we do when we shift left, what the establishment does when we shift right. What the establishment does—it's not readily—it's not readily found information that we can draw from and understand the patterns, understand what's going on. So sometimes when these things happen, it's easy to like, ah, oh, this is far fetched, and it's easy quickly to, yeah, this is just young people doing nonsense. But it is, um, it is very specific that she was shot in the head, very, very specific, um, and those are the things that make it not so neat and tidy. But uh, yeah, it's just—it's just interesting. I—I I, I don't know. Let's get the comments. Okay, so uh, T says hi, and also says the fact that she was shot in the head and not anywhere else. If if it's if it was a gang shootout, that they had to be well close to shoot her in the head. True, mm. possibly a professional hit, possibly governmental. Um, and also says same cover up crap like Two Fat and Biggie. Um, Antoinette says uh, prayers going out for Sasha. 
Um, and also says, I feel uncomfortable with the police saying there was no reason to believe that there have been credible threats to her life. How do they deem what is credible? Say it again. Oh, sorry, I didn't know I wasn't, I wasn't mute. I was agreeing. <laughs> like, how can oh, they do that? Sorry. Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> um, how do they um, deem what is credible? A woman reporting an ex-partner who is sending abusive um, texts, is that credible? It seems so, because this is when you are able to obtain um, received what actually looked in. You froze on Shade. Oh, sorry. Where did so you, sorry. you froze from a woman reporting an ex-partner? Uh, it's also sorry. A woman reporting an ex-partner who is sending abusive texts is that credible? It seems so. This is when you're able to obtain non-mention orders and restraining orders, etc. So it would be interesting to know if the facts received were actually looked into or if it was an assumption on the part of the police. They seem very quick to dismiss this angle. It is not just conservatives. There was a clubhouse room last night full of angry black people doing a lot of uh, ritual at the uh, PLM. And, and he goes on to say there's also conflicted news reports of her condition. I read that the operation went well. And another says she's still in a critical condition. Yeah, the last thing I read is seven hours ago. Well, the last call that I saw was that she's fine, not fine, but she's out of critical condition. The operation went well, she's with her family. So that's where it's at. Um, what do you guys know about the party? The, 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 because I think there's a little bit of conflict. I read that BLM are, separate, are distancing themselves from her party. The, was it the... TTI, sorry, I should get it right. Yeah, there's supposed to be some conflict between how they both operate and people are saying that it could have been, some reports are saying that it could have been opposing, like a war between the opposing parties. But again... But it doesn't, that doesn't, that's the thing, it's just like the criminalisation of black people. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we can't just have organisations that if we disagree, we shoot each other. It's just not normal. Exactly. And also, like, you have to be a trained shooter to shoot someone in the head like being literally and i know it's peckham but peck i mean i'm not to say it's not there's danger everywhere it's such a buzzword isn't it peckham, mm -hmm. gang, shoot like guns guns to the head like all buzzwords to like that that i've used weaponized really truly yeah it's, it's, so, it's just so coincidental why her like of all the people at the party, I know that, and and the thing is, nothing's promised, and anything can happen. You know, we don't know nothing, but Sasha specifically. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, prayers up definitely to her, her, her children, everyone, her family, her loved ones, and hopefully we get the truth, or if we don't get the truth, she's protected in some sort of way, and keeps it moving. Um, Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay, so in this week's latest edition of What A Fuckeries is going on, there is a British clothing retailer called Timbuktu who have come under fire for trademarking the name of the West African Yoruba people several years ago, igniting a debate online whether um, you trademarking names of ethnic groups amounts to cultural appropriation.
Now, Timbuktu is an outdoor clothing brand in the in the north of England. I think they're from um, Leicester or somewhere around there. And they filed to trademark the word Yoruba in 2015. And the UK's intellectual property office actually allowed this to go through. So this all came to a head because another country, the owner of Culture Tree, an African cultural centre in London, attempted to trademark Yoruba stars and then had a challenge come in from Timbuktu for saying it was a sim- there was a similarity to the phrase the company had trademarked. Again, from looking at what I can find out about Timbuktu, it looks like these are European people, generally English, who have a company called Timbuktu, which again is a, a, a city in Mali. And they it's just streetwear, but why they're using African cultural names, I have no clue. My question to you guys is, who do you think is wrong, Timbuktu or the the um uh, the intellectual property office for allowing the trademark to go through? Auntie Shadow, what? Uh, they're both wrong. Both, you know, what I mean, they're, they're I think the the trademark company, I will I will hold them more to account. I think because. There's no way, like, they're supposed to do checks and balances. That's what they're supposed to do. That's why they're there. They're, they're supposed to make sure that you're not trademarking nonsense, you you know, no one else has it, all that kind of stuff. That's what they're supposed to do. But it's just another example of an institutionalised racist company, um, or, in, do you know what I mean, institution, to be honest. Um, I, it's just gone for in the first place since 2015. That's crazy, as far as I'm concerned. I feel so offended. Like, it makes me feel icky. As a Yoruba woman, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, this is, is it, it's just like, I can't even, I actually, I will not process the damage this does to my psyche. You know what I mean? Someone can take the name of my tribe, my people, my heritage, my legacy, yeah, and just say, oh, that's mine now, because they're in the fucking UK. Are they mad? Like, seriously, I, I, I can't even... I can't even process. I can't. The company, they're taking the fucking piss. They know exactly what they're doing. They're taking the fucking piss. And I, I hope they get everything they've got. That, well, not myself. I don't do this type of thing. But people out there, if they want to go on Twitter, hunt them down, get them fired from every single thing, make sure they can never get a loan, run a business. Do you know what I mean? All of that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like The spirit of the European people is behind you and with you. Destroy them really and truly, for taking the fucking thing. Like, I'm... It's just so... Ah, I can't even speak. <laughs> I'm so angry. Antifara. So, I'd like to start with these words, or this word, colonizer. Because only colonizers feel that they can take whatever the fuck isn't theirs, plant a flag in it, and say, it's mine, I did it, I invented it, this is mine now. Like, it's like everything that you just said, Auntie Sade everything that you just said and why it's annoying there are certain ethnicities that you know if someone tried to trademark that they'd be all over all over it all over it but it's okay to do it to us that's fine and what pains me even more is the fact that we don't have much that we've managed to hold on to yeah there's a whole flipping 
range of things that we'll never know that got wiped out, tribes, all sorts of things across the continent of Africa that we'll never know because it was taken by the colonizers or changed or manipulated by the colonizers. <laughs> and the fact that it's been there since, did you say 2015? It's ridiculous. Anyone that's had to do go through the trademark process knows that it is a process, right? They could have easily found this out. They could have, you know, just do your research. Like Auntie, I'm sure Auntie Kate, AK, you're going to say in a minute about when you trademarked your company name, the hoops that you had to go through, the things that you had to say. So this just makes it even more disgusting to me that someone's been able to do this. And you've called your company Timbuk2. Are you, are you fully taking a piss? So basically all you've seen is there's a, you think there's a gap in the market or aren't these people doing well? These black people, they're all coming together and, you know, making their businesses and making shit work for them. I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize on that. I'm going to call myself Timbuktu so that I look like I'm from there. And then I'm going to do trademark these other names. So what you're just going to go around trademarking everything. It's just, yeah, it's disgusting. And I, as you said, I blame them both. I blame the company and I blame um, the, what do you call it? Com- company house, or whatever they're called. I blame them too. Auntie Nana. Um, I was literally just reading over um like what they said about Timbuktu. I'll just add that on it as well. Um where is it gone? Uh they have said so the the company's corporate branding was accused of attempting to erase erase culture. Um and they've come back on their on their website, it claims when their website was still up. Timbuktu literally means the middle of nowhere a location that has intrigued mankind for centuries, whether it's to discover something new or simply to escape the everyday. So somehow it's like they felt that it would be okay to take a location in the world that is is a magical city as well and name their, their clothing brand after this when they actually have no relations to Africa in any way, shape or form. And it seems like there, there's also speculation that they may have tried to trademark other other terms as well, but that didn't go through because people were catching on to what they were doing. I'm I'm just disgusted at them, really. I think this is such a disgusting practice. And for any, any kind of institution to not actually shut down your ability to just trademark the names of ethnic groups is, is disgusting. Apparently, Swahili is trademarked and so is Welsh. And it's like, how is that okay? That you could do this, but I bet you could not do English, though. It's just like, no, it, uh, I don't know. It just reeks of of entitlement to the next to the next level. But you know what? It, what is their end level? They're entitled to everything. It's like the newest humans on the block feel like they can just take everything. Really, we need to stop them. Yeah, it's, it's cultural colonization one hundred and one. It's disgusting. I don't. I, it's it's the audacity from beginning to end you're not from the place you're from where is it lancashire what's your own it's like what's your business what what came into your head what 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 was your and the thing is even what you've done is so disgusting but even if you are your what's their defense i don't even know if they've even issued a statement they just kind of think quietly disappeared and trying to hide but the fact is what what we what what was your end exactly what was your end game even if you were to say that all proceeds go back to Timbuktu, all proceeds go back to the European people, you know that's not the case. 
but and no one asks for that anyways not even because even if you're going to try and do any kind of charitable work why would you then colonize something that doesn't belong to you so no one wants that anyway but at the very marginal least let that be your comeback argument and have proof and documentation of why you did that but there's nothing and it's just the no, fact that you say what they what they did say why they have it and what they're doing going forward so they released a statement saying that they were actually looking after the term like they had oh, they were sorry. they were looking after it and they are going to they're in the process now of handing it over to the culture tree and that they had kept it um safe and hadn't used it for a number of years and now they are going to hand it over to a reputable company German and see how far I get, yeah? L the living fuckery. 
swearing. <laughs> and then also goes on to say, uh, intellectual to whom? It's embarrassing that they didn't know Yoruba is a language and allowed a white man from um, Yorkshire to trademark it. The swear words are known Yoruba directed towards them. Ori or da. That is not correct, John. Um, Stacey Peel says, um, I'm fed up with people profiting off black peoples. We are the we are the most as black people. We are the most as black people who everybody, uh, everything has profited from. Mm. Antoinette also goes on to say, uh, it's colonization 2020, 21 style, and says, when you hear cussing in trust me, you feel the full force of what you're being cussed about. We need to flood their Twitter with their Yoruba cusses for them to, to translate. Ancestors, please assist. And they're going to trademark that too. You, do you know what I mean? Um, and Stacey says, why wouldn't, uh, why couldn't they use the word Caucus Mountains? Exactly. <laughs> very true. Very, very, very true. Mind your business, mind your business. Okie dokie. Aunties, what have you no aunties know best sorry my bad i about to say what have you heard again aunties know best he's no best he's no best they know best thank you Sade did a soul clap i appreciate the soul clap thank you for getting there auntie farah okay so this is the internet one um it's a dilemma of sorts so basically Someone put out there, I can't remember what his name is. Ah, Mike Botang, that's it. Mike Botang. He tweeted, if he's still only inviting you to his house now that outside is open, that's a red flag. Don't play yourself. What do we think? Because there are lots of women out there who've come out and comments and they've said, actually, yeah, I'm still only being invited to his house. But, you know, he likes intimacy. What's the deal? What would be your comments for a young woman <laughs> or man stating this fact? Auntie Nana. <laughs> um, I don't, you know what? I, I don't think it's necessarily, no, no, I'm lying. No, it is a red flag because, but it's a red flag on, for me, I would see it as a financial red flag more than a, I'm trying to hide you red flag. I would think this person may be broke. And so he can't, he doesn't have the means for us to actually go out on a date somewhere. And do I want to be with a broke person? And the answer would be no. So I would think of it like that. It is it either way, and even if he is hiding me, the scenario should end in a I, I deserve better than this, and then you leave. Uh, it's definitely red flag for me. Um, like, I think I do get, I do, I do hear you on the broke one. I think that's easily remedied with a quick question. Do you know what I mean? Or uh, kind of like, okay, we don't have to go to a restaurant or something like that, but we can go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a no. And the thing is, yeah, I feel for them, yeah, because I know they're waiting, you know. They've been waiting this whole pandemic to go outside and show their love. <laughs> and it's not happened. So I feel for them. I feel for them because uh, we've all been there. 
um, when we're waiting for someone when we shouldn't have waited for someone too long or when we shouldn't have. Um, so yeah, just move on. The thing is, the the good thing is, we're coming up. If we're allowed up properly, don't worry, don't worry, ladies. There's bare men out there, bare men hungry out there. So you'll find someone, honestly. It's about to be raining men and you're going to have lots of fun. And <laughs> it's, time, it's time. You'll be fine. If he's just invited you to the house, get your kicks in there, get your practice in it, as it were. So then, or keep him, turn it on his head. If he wants to keep coming, you you know, he's invited you to the house, not taking you out. It's cool. Practice. And also use him as a deterrent. So when you do get out there, you're not too rushing forward into it with anybody else. And you can hold back if you need to hold back and, you know, play your position a lot better. Use this guy as a little, you know, whew, got my kicks. Now I can focus again. You know, it's like um, exercise. It's training, development. Get all the tricks out of the way. Any new moves you want to learn and keep in your arsenal when you meet your new guy. And put that new guy to the test so he doesn't get all the goods before it's too, you know, too early. You know how it goes. It's all sexes and that. You can't fuck on a first date. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever the case. So if you want to, you know, slow your roll because, you know, you get a bit caught up when you see the good looks and stuff and everything starts jumping you want to jump into bed you've got someone now in reserves you've got a fuck buddy treat him as such because if he's not if, he, if he's genuinely taking the piss and hiding you you also hide him but use him to your advantage all the practice all the training so you're prepared to meet the streets and then get the guy that you want to hold you down till winter as it goes through you get what i mean so that's what it is auntie farah meet the streets that's funny <laughs> um yeah Red flags, green flags, blue flags, all the flags. All the flags are out right now. Every single one of them. Um, I agree with you all, in a way. I feel like if he's hiding you and he's saying it's a financial thing, he could have. you could have gone to the park and had a picnic and got ice cream. There's ice cream vans out now. There's things you could have done. You could have gone for a walk. There's lots of things you could have done. So that's why it's a red flag for me. Um, but yeah, definitely, if he doesn't want a relationship, find out. If you haven't had that conversation yet, have that conversation. And if he's like, you know what, I kind of like how this is and this, I'm not ready for that and I just want to be like this, then be like, okay, cool, no problem. You go out with your friends. You can go outside now, you can meet. Rule of six still applies, blah, blah, blah. But you can go out, you can meet. Enjoy yourself. And like Auntie Aka said, you've got someone to service you when you need to be serviced without any commitment. And then equally, he can't look at you in no type of way because this is what you wanted, is it not? Yeah, that's my theory. Simple things. This is easily resolved. Easily, easily resolved. Um, and him, and if he's like, and if he, you know what, if he's like, oh, I just love her company. I just want to be with her and keep her to myself. And if I communicate better, and you have to understand that you can't keep her in. And it's the sun possibly may shine in June, May. And you're going to have to do something to sort yourself out. Otherwise, you're going to lose a good one if that's the case to the guy who's trying to keep the girl trapped in the house. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and now, that was nice and easy. Oh, the comments. Huh? The comments. Oh, is there comments? I didn't see anyone come in. So my bad. Has anyone commented? Yes. Yeah, so Antoinette says, oh, I can't see it. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. Um, Antoinette says, I think you need to interview small instruments to accompany your jingles. No, Antoinette. A triangle, a recorder, a tambourine, and a mini keyboard. I know your album drops a few Listen, I'm going to find a triangle. Antoinette, I'm going to, I promise you I'm going to have a triangle. I'm going to get a triangle. I'm actually going to order a triangle. You don't Okay, a triangle. No, a triangle will be wicked. Stacey says, 
if he has shown you are friends and family, then it's real. But if none of the above, then you're nothing to him. Agree. Um, Nicola says maybe he's a saposexual and he's interested. He's interested in an intellectual relationship. But she has lots of laughing emojis, so I'm going to take that as sarcasm. Um, <laughs> and um, Stacey says, have a fuck buddy, but date someone else. So the person you're dating might think you're thirsty. Date your real, your real guy, real guy. And then when it's for, um, when it's time for a real relationship, when, oh, sorry, when it's, is a, what? When it's for a real relationship, sex buddy, but call him another name as a goodbye kick in the teeth. Mm, but I think I get the gist, possibly. Go on, remix him, please. Don't tell him that he's a fuck, because I, I really can't see the chat. Um, oh, don't tell him he's a fuck buddy while he's a fuck buddy. Use him as a fuck buddy, and then when you find your man, just no, invite him. Okay. Sorry, Stace. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I've got you there in the end. I'm standing. Yeah, flip the script. That's what I say. Yes. Don't get flipped. Flip the script. <laughs> was it? Oh, yeah, the note beat that pussy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's one. Don't get whipped. Whip that pussy. That's, that's it. Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Okay. All righty. Now that was Auntie's No Best. And by the way, I did. I feel I keep forgetting my disclaimer, but I don't think this warrants any type of problems out here. I think we gave good, solid advice that's unsuable, unbreakable, and unchallengeable. So take it. Um, for the culture, for the culture. Shut up, shut up. Join in, and then again, you went left. No, but wait, I shudder. You have to stop expressing. Come on, no, we can no, do no. a harmony. No, 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 no. You keep on doing the same song and it's not working. I don't, I, no. Stop I feel it. like, okay, right. <laughs> I feel like, okay. Can you do a different song, please? Okay. I'll figure it out for next week. I've got in one. For the culture. Okay, I'm going to work it out. Don't worry, I have a new song. For the culture, for the culture. For the culture. We don't have the time for this. It sounds like a tumble choir when Nana comes in doing this. <laughs> no, Basically, for the culture, what have you heard? What are you watching? What's got us chatting? Um, it's basically the hot topic that's been discussed on black socials. And actually, it's a bit more of a serious one because, as we must, as we all know, today marks the one year anniversary. I don't even want to call it it's, an anniversary, sounds wrong, but marks the one year since George Floyd was brutally murdered by Derek Chauvin, who has since been locked up and found guilty, and with the other three officers going on trial in August for his murder. Um, and I guess I just wanted to ask you guys to reflect on what a difference the year has made, because it's undeniable that George Floyd has, if not changed the world, it's, he's definitely impacted the world and made such a massive global statement um, in his passing that it's undeniable whether or not this will continue into the future and it will be a significant change. Like we can't deny that last this year has been from last year to this year has been a, a monumentous, um, a monumental moment in our culture for white people and black people and everybody around the world. So I just wanted to say, maybe go around the room and just ask you guys what what has what has changed for you in this year, and what are your hopes for going forward on the in light of everything that's happened. Auntie Shadow, Auntie Auntie Nana, actually, sorry. Okay, um, for me, I would say the biggest the biggest impact 
kind of happened very soon after with just the real surge towards supporting black business. Like, it, you know, you get charts in, in Shopify and there is just a real spike that takes place from June onwards and the conversations that my customers were kind of really igniting with me and trying to engage in what what else could we do and lots of different businesses that they would on their blogs were like you can support these businesses that that made a real change to sales like really really impacted my sales I'm very grateful for that um what you know what the thing is that only lasted for so long and maybe it kind of ran for October a real general concern or wanting to understand what racism is and how we can kind of shift the world like there was real conversations taking place but then complacency sets in and then there's another rhetoric of like things aren't that bad and that kind of comes from white and black people who are just like no the world isn't as racist as it as it appears and yeah there as much as i feel things shifted forward i don't feel like it was that dramatic so if we went on a dial of 1% 2% 10% of things changed i think it's less than 1% of things really truly shifted towards any type of equality and equity towards black people I don't think a, a a a big shift happened. I just think it was a momentary, a moment in time, um, compounded by the video, the lockdown, people feeling more empathetic because of COVID. And as soon as that seemed to subside, I feel like this moment in time also went to the wayside a little bit as well. So I don't think it was that huge. But it was huge and it's still a step in, in a direction. Um, but I, I don't think it was that monumental for me, really. Auntie Sade. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of that. I feel like it's been a roller coaster. That's how I describe it. And um, as you said, I hate roller coasters as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just hate that feeling of like never, it feels like it's never ending and like, you kind of just want to get off um so I definitely feel like I was getting those kind of feelings to be honest I feel like the relief the, there was a sense of relief to know that like not being gaslit <laughs> do you know what I mean kind of thing in a moment like people have we were, we were part of like a global conversation that's what it felt like anyway and there was like this shared understanding that okay that this does actually happen and you're not being in position positions as I've been in before where you're actually trying to convince someone of <laughs> basic oppression, do you know what I mean? Like or basic, you know, discrimination kind of thing. So that was that was I felt relief in that sense. Um but yeah and I feel like there was just like this maybe what I've always known to be true as well kind of thing. But it's just that, you know, if you change something with black people then it helps everyone. Do you know what I mean? It absolutely helps everybody. Um, so I think, you know, that, but I do agree with what Antina was saying as well. It's just that, you know, a year on, okay, we have black squares, you know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm still seeing 
TV shows. <laughs> you know, if you want to go with the road basic, there's no black people in the cast. Do you know what I mean? Like, we saw, like, oh, what was it, the list of the Friends um, cameos kind of thing. Not one black person. Insane. Hopefully, there will be, you know, they'll remedy that or there's a surprise or something. But it's just absolutely insane. How can something so big not even have the basic inclusion? That is, that's insane to me. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think... I think it's really easy when people get busy again and they have the distractions where they're just not going to care as much. They have to be... People have to be... Uh, usually have to be physically or it has to be close to them for them to care about an issue and they won't have the uh, confinement of the pandemic to be able to care anymore, you know? So, yeah, I'm not hopeful in that sense that people will care as much. But I'm... But... I am an optimist, so <laughs> so maybe something will happen <laughs> where people will do more. Antifara. Yeah, I think you've both said it. So for me, what I remember is um, it's almost like you said, Auntie Shade, it's the acknowledgement of, you see, I'm not lying. This shit is real and it happens. Because, you know, often when you hear that someone's been killed by the police and they release a snippet of what's happened, You're, you know, people will say, well, why is he resisting? Or he must have done something really bad in the first place. So they were just doing their job. But the footage showed all angles and it showed people of all colours actually saying to the police officer, get off this man's neck and resisting and not being violent towards them, even though during the court case, this is what, you know, the defence tried to um, suggest. So at the time, what really touched me is that it spread across the world. It was a global thing. Usually it's quite localised to America or something like that happens. And you might hear a few things here, but it was international. Every single country, well, not every single, but the majority of countries in the world actually had protests, had marches, talked about what was going on in their own country, forced people to try and recognise it and um, make some changes towards that. However, unfortunately, I do feel like a year on, with uh you know we've kind of reverted back to where we were before where you know you, you get the karens as you call them or, or the sashes as you call them um just making out like oh giving excuses for their racist behaviors and it's not that bad you get the report from people who should be supporting us saying that england or britain isn't that racist it's just full of racist people and when you've got stuff like that it diminishes the the reality of what we're actually going through to where we live in a country where someone can trademark a name based you know on a whole culture of people that has nothing to do with them and give excuses as to why they've done it if we wanted to trademark as i said before to various ethnicities we would it would be stopped straight away and i know these people had it from 2015 and it's slightly different but this is the country that we're living in to the point where people care more about statues than they do about why we're so we're still in so much pain to the point where people can question the fact that we're in pain because they reckon it was so long ago it's you know we're still living in that society things have changed but not that much there were a lot of companies that came out straight away and said they're going to do all these things for diversity but i don't know if any of them actually honored that or if or if they did enough or you know they think they might have ticked a box because their percentages have gone up by two Oh, we've increased our, you know, the number of black people that we've got by 2% or whatever it is. Or it's, yeah, I just feel like it seems like there was a real shift. And although 
Derek Chauvin was found guilty, we also know that now he's going to appeal based on the fact that one of the jurors allegedly attended a march in a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. And if he did do that, it makes me go back to that thing of then he was planted so that he could then, you know, we found him guilty, but look what's happened. We have to throw it out because this is what's happened. So, yeah, for me, a year on, I feel sad for George's family that they're still having to watch this footage be replayed again and again and again and again. I feel sad for all the people that are still losing loved ones to police brutality. I still, I, I feel sad that we still have to explain ourselves. That's, you know, as, as a people, we are still having to explain why what's being done to us is wrong and highlight it. And it's just, it's just not treated. If you're racist to a black person and you're racist to somebody else from another ethnic, in inverted commas, minority, it's treated so differently and it's believed so differently. If you raise your voice as a black person or you, you know, not even raise your voice too much, you're seen as a threat. It's just so quickly that we can still be seen as a threat and then it justifies their behaviour. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys said I um, wasn't. It's, yeah, it's, it was. It was for that moment. It was nice to have a collective outpouring that we all felt emboldened and like whoever felt like they couldn't speak up at work was able to speak up at work. Everyone felt that they were isolated in their situation and what they're seeing at work and feeling gaslit and like, am, am I going crazy? Is it me? Now had loads and countless stories where they could actually say, oh my God, it's not just me and have something to latch on to, have something to reference so they can doc have it. It's documented. They can reference it, bring it out at work and or whatever situation they're in and say, look, this is what I'm talking about and making it harder and harder for people to resist what you're saying and believe in back you. Um, I think for me, the slow regression back to normality is, like I said, I was in my little, um, you know, utopic bubble thinking that, you know, we're all going to come out from lockdown and hold hands and black people are going to be empowered. And I've seen already seen so much fuckery bullshit that gets on my nerves. I've seen, and I won't go there, but yeah, just seeing things in the world. that's just like, oh, fuck you. You lot don't love each other. We don't love each other enough and all that type of stuff. So I don't, I, what I, I'm saddened about is that we it becomes cyclical and we can forget where, what our power is. I, I, I think during post George Floyd in the early, we remembered our power, remembered who we were, you know, even with our power, what was it? December, whatever date it was. And we had our powers and our ascension. The 20th, December the 21st, when we got our powers. When we got our powers and all that type of stuff, that, that, that pride in ourselves is a kind of like a resurgence in black pride and, I don't feel like it's gone away. I think we still got it. But when the world returns to normal and then you don't have time to really contemplate and think about who you are and what you're doing. I think I, I appreciate the awakening, but what the world does good is shut down that awakening, which is why we're humans are so dispossessed. They sh they cut us off from what we're supposed to be connected to. In lockdown, we had that time. And, and I mean, lockdowns, I mean, it, it coincided with the George Floyd thing, but that, that's the whole year. Being locked down and contemplating things made us really reconnect with who we are. And I just hope we don't lose that um, because these things are easily pacified, easily forgotten, and then we're back on the wheel. But I do have, I do feel like th there is a bit of a difference. I do think because of the outpouring, because of the connecting the dots across the world, especially between, though we're having a little bit of culture wars between America and the UK, I think once we get over that, that's another alliance that could be strengthened if we're sensible and if we do it right, we are becoming strength in numbers. The fact that we are um, 
going back home and being open, like to going back home and talking about our home countries and stuff like that and being connected to our home countries. I think something's happened. I think that cultural shift is good. And if we maintain it and hold on to it, we'll be in a good place. So I'm trying to stay hopeful in that respect. Let's get the comments. Sure. So Nicholas says, what has changed is... Um, change is the language people are using to express themselves. Also, adverts everywhere of black people. But on another note, I feel there is a massive shift in allowing black men to express their emotions openly. Cool. That's that's yeah, true. That's it. We shall see what happens. Um, and finally, what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week, ladies? It's in order. Auntie Nana, go first. Okay. Uh, am I on? Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought I was on, testing, testing. on mute. <laughs> I was doing that. All right. I'm going to my sad, mad, bad. Okay. So my sad is um, Sasha Johnson. That was really heartbreaking to just go through the rabbit hole of that and not know what's really going on. And then my mad is the white girl who pushed a bouncer and then uh, carried on gunning him and using all of the racist terms that you could use under the sun. And I just felt for the dude because I really wanted him to punch her. Like, I really, really did want him to punch her. But I'm I'm glad he didn't because as a black man, it would have been way worse if even though she pushed you first and abused you, you punched her, you'll go in prison. So yeah, that made me mad. And I'm glad I had a flotation tank session today and caught up with my best friend, Jessica, and it was lovely. Nice. How was it like? What's it like? Yeah. So it's like you're in, it really feels like you're in a womb. Because you're in this like big kind of egg shaped thing in um, salty water, really, really salty water. So you can float and then it increasingly gets dark until it's pitch black. You cannot see anything and you're in it for an hour. And what it does is um, the the blackness starts um, releasing melatonin in your brain. So you get a rush of endorphins. So it's like you kind of have a mini high and it just clears you, it de-stresses you because you're floating. It's like you're weightless and yeah, it, you feel Is supported. It yeah, it's warm. Cold. No, it's warm, it's warm. You're in warm water. Okay. But the salt kind of keeps you insulated as well. And because it's salty water, you're being detoxed at the same time. It's, it's it. totally an amazing experience. It relaxes you like nothing else. Like in an hour, you'll come out and it's just like everything is all loose. And I want to do it. It's yeah. brilliant. If you need to get out, I feel like I'll panic. I don't know. There's a panic button. There's oh, a yeah. Panic button there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to stay in there because my first time doing it, I had a mini, a mini panic. I'm kind of scared of the dark anyway. Mm-hmm. But the first time, I was a bit like, oh my god, it's pitch black. And then, I don't know. I just started to breathe and then went into a meditation, and it was like the best experience ever. Like you have revelations while you're in there. Your brain, like, starts working properly. How so you're floating? How are you floating? Floating like that, like that. It just okay. keeps you up. It's like being in the Dead Sea because of all the salt. Yeah, so you're just floating. You don't touch the bottom. You can move around if you wanted to. Um, yeah, from time to time, I'd move around and do breathing exercises. It's brilliant. How was it? How was what? Where was it? Oh, it's in Shoreditch. 
There's one in Vauxhall, though. Yeah, that was the one in Vauxhall. Okay, I'll rather go Vauxhall. Yeah, I'm a member. I'm a member, though. I can get you a cheap. Like I I do a monthly subscription. So if you wanted to go to Shoreditch, I I need it because I've been searching for something for my back and my neck because I'm still in quite a bit of pain. And I wanted in my head, I want a hot oil massage, but hot oil, and not a lot of places do hot oil. But that sounds like less chat. My my friend had knots in her back from stress and she just did a TED talk and literally she came out and her head was moving everything. She's like, it's all gone. And the guy was like, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm tired. Auntie Aki, what's made you sad, mad and glad? Well, first for me was um, Paul Mooney, the passing of the legendary, iconic comedian, political, social, cultural activist. He says what he wants to say and he's unapologetic. And I have loved his comedy and his commentary. Um, so that was sad. And it's what, it, not funny, but maybe about a week or two ago, someone somewhere referenced him in an article. And I thought, and I saw that he was, and I know I, I made a point to check how old he was. And I was like, oh, he's in his seventies. And then and my mind kind of went to how long will he be around? And then um, someone messaged me, said, oh, Paul Mooney. I was like, oh, rah. Um, really, really liked him. But then I also was a bit like, a bit upset. Cause you know, when you read the stories about people in their lives and there was a few accusations about him. So that kind of like, I don't know if they're true. I don't think they were ever proven. And it was a bit like, tainted my grief because I'd hate to you know like Kevin Spacey find out that he was that guy um but at the moment I don't know that and at the moment I'm celebrating the legend that I think he is or was and yeah man sad about Paul Mooney um I'm extremely mad about the African summit in France it pissed me the fuck off so I'm, I'm just mad super super mad about that and and glad that um just a silly thing David Oyelowo followed the British blacklist um, social media the other day I was like oh that's cute and um the amount of black projects that are coming out for tv and as you know as a result of all this hand racial hand wringing there are a few black projects especially specifically for the UK that are coming out and there's Candice Carty Williams Michaela Cole um who's the other one uh Teresa Okoko have all got BBC projects coming out and there's actually a bunch of black creatives who are going to have their ideas visualized on screen which we don't get and hopefully over over the space of the next couple of years we're going to see some content that's been sorely missing from UK screens we now just hope that they're good and deliver well um so I'm excited about what's coming out it's going to keep me super busy Auntie Farah um, so I'm mad at uh, Shana Walker, the lady who abused the bouncer. I'm mad at her actions. I'm more mad at her inadvertent commas apology, to which she referred to having been able. Yes, she's sorry, but um, you know people have got freedom of speech, and um, she has black friends and black colleagues who she loves dearly. I'm sad for her black friends and black colleagues who she loves dearly because they're now going to have to realise that she ain't their friend and they're going to have to lock her off. So I'm sad for them that they've lost someone who they thought was a friend. Um, and I'm glad that it's my birthday in two days. I don't really care about it this year, funnily enough. I've got a lot on, but I'm glad for life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. More life, more life. More life, more life. Um, so yeah, I'm sad. Um, uh, Sasha news that was, yeah, um, really upsetting. Um, and I hope she does pull through. Um, mad, definitely mad at this Yoruba trademark debacle. What's going on? 
um, I really, really hope, I really hope, I want them to suffer, I can't lie, is that bad, but I do want them to suffer, uh, uh, yeah, they, they need to get some suffrage, and I, I would like to see it as well, I want to be a witness to the suffering, um, and I'm glad, because there's so much mad, I've got a few glads to balance it out a little bit, so I'm glad that I went to the Black-owned Hackney um, event on the weekend, and it was really good, like looking at lots of different um, Black-owned businesses, like eateries as well kind of thing. I got a few candles from there. love candles. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad about that. I'm also glad that Loki is starting soon, next week or so, on Disney+. Plus. I can't wait for that. Also, I've been re-watching Heroes, which is freaking amazing. Um, everyone should rewatch that. And um, I've got an event coming up to celebrate World Plantain Day. And I'm glad that that's coming very, very soon. Um, yeah, so lots to be happy about. I just want to throw in an extra glad for my aunties because you pulled it through today. Thank you for me. So I've got to run to an event and you guys pulled the show together and it was really good. And I'm really glad for you guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> and before we go, Auntie Fara. So, my don't piss me off. <laughs> is about Drake. Okay, so it's not really a don't piss me off. It's more of a really, because yes, Drake is very talented. And if you look at billboard, billboard wise, can't say the word. That's how much I hear. Billboard wise and the fact that he's had so many number ones he deserves what he's got so my don't piss me off is that i have to admit that however i will still say that he's overrated and that's that and that was your aunties could never episode 63 please don't forget to like comment oh wait do we have any comments before we go because i can't see uh, what well, uh, so stacy says happy earth strong sister Nicholas says, happy birthday, Auntie Farah. Uh, Antoinette says, happy birthday in advance, Auntie Farah. And Ronald says, he's glad that my full immunization will be effective on Saturday. And Aquaria says, I'm sad that the show started at 5pm and I thought it was going to be at 6pm. Sorry, Aquaria, so sorry. We... Oh, our regular time, as I was saying, is it is 5pm, to be fair. But thank you for listening, watching and joining us today. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT UK time. Um, there are some changes sometimes that we will notify you in good advance, but usually our regular time is 5 p.m. UK time. Join us live on Facebook and YouTube. And then listen back to us on our podcast. Episode reminders drop on the weekend. And um, go to head to Spotify, Apple, where you listen to most of your favorite podcasts. Listen to us on those platforms. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and there's something else, Instagram. And, and tell that's your friends. Tell your friends because we are very funny, very entertaining. Very and share the show. Share the show. Share, share, share the show. Share. Singers, our album is coming soon, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's going to be. There's going to be a very big feature. Well, you need to be somewhere. On, okay, bye. We're going to be <laughs> in jingles. We're going to do jingles in between. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. bye. Bye.